We attract into our lives what we focus on, appreciating the kindness, patience, creativity, and love from those close to us will bring more of these great qualities into our lives. Today's show is dedicated to mothers and how we can appreciate all that our mothers or those who have played the role of our mothers have done for us. The Life I Deserve, sharing creative ideas, inspirational stories, and fresh perspectives that will empower you to live your life to the fullest. And now, here's your host, Adrian McMillian. The Life I Deserve, Episode 2, Shapes in the Clouds, Appreciation for Our Mothers. Welcome. In celebration of Mother's Day, I want to take a moment to acknowledge and appreciate all of the hardworking mothers in the world. Just over a year ago, I had to say a final goodbye to my own mother. However, I will never stop celebrating the amazing person that she was. Listen to this entire episode as my siblings and I share some great memories and lessons that will forever impact our lives. From what I've seen, motherhood is probably the most demanding and yet the most rewarding job in the world. However, it's not just a job requiring endless hours of hard work and patience. It's also a job that requires enormous love, empathy, and selflessness. Let's celebrate the amazing women who have raised all of us, And let's encourage and support the amazing women raising the children who will build the future. In 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson officially recognized Mother's Day as a national holiday. One hundred years later, the holiday has become a global celebration to honor the mothers who made sacrifices to raise generations of children and support them through adulthood. Here's some funny quotes about motherhood that I thought you would enjoy. I want my children to have all the things that I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. Phyllis Diller. My mother's menu consisted of two choices, take it or leave it. Buddy Hackett. When your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It is a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no. You're going to get it anyway. Irma Bombeck. The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original mill has never been found. Calvin Trillin. When my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. When they're finished, I climb out. Irma Bombeck. The Life I Deserve is here for you. Please let me know what topics you'd like me to research, what people you'd like me to interview, what knowledge, insights, perspectives would you like to share, what goals do you have for your health, wealth, happiness. Reach out to me. Visit thelifeideserve.com and send me email or voicemail. From the website, click on the contact tab. You'll see a button there that will allow you to record voicemail. Or if you'd rather leave email, just fill in the form just below the voicemail button. 
I really want to hear from you. And yes, I do mean you. Reach out. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know how I can help you. Or maybe you have an inspirational story or a thought that you'd like to share. Just go to thelifeideserve.com and click on the contact tab. Here's a message from my beautiful sister, Glinda. Please listen carefully. Hi there. I have the privilege of being Adrian's sister. I um, am so excited about this podcast. When Adrian shared with me this idea, I, I thought it was pure genius. Uh, my brother, he gives his all. He commits to a project. He gives everything he's got. He doesn't do anything halfway. He has an insatiable thirst for knowledge. And I am excited to see the subjects that he'll bring up, uh, the information that'll help us all to become better versions of ourselves. Um, I'm reminded of a quote when I think of my brother. I heard this quote recently. It's about a group of people, and they don't refer to themselves as human beings. <clears throat> Pardon me. They refer to themselves as human becomings. Because the idea, being, kind of implies stagnation. How genius, how smart is that? That we're constantly all evolving into being the best we can be. I'm excited about this process. And I'm excited about the information that Adrian's going to bring to the table and share with us. Subscribe and take this journey with us. Mom brought us together one last time. March 3rd, 2015, I gathered with my family in a hospital room in Nassau Bay, Texas, to celebrate my mother's birthday. Due to several health complications, my mother had been in and out of the hospital many times over the years. However, this time her doctor warned us that her body was starting to shut down. We all gathered in the hospital room and showered my mother with love. My mother was selfless. She always put us kids first. There are no words to express how much love she had for us. Knowing that my mom didn't have much time, we did everything we could to let her know one last time how amazing she had been in our lives. We shared great memories. We played her favorite songs which were usually from shows like The Sound of Music and Fiddler on the Roof and other musicals. And we just sat with her, holding her hand, kissing her cheek, and touching her hair. We were doing everything we could think of to express our love for this very last time. We had a great birthday celebration with my mother. I've never seen a hospital room so full, not only with my beautiful family, but also filled with balloons, flowers, cards, and timeless photos. My sister Glinda also took the time to print and put together an amazing, almost three-dimensional collage of beautiful, priceless photos. I love you, Mom. I love you, I love you, I love you. I probably said that a hundred times that day, and yet it still didn't feel like enough. 
That night I gave my mother a hug before leaving. I think it was probably the longest hug ever. How do you let go when you realize this may be the last moment you have with your mother? As I was getting ready to go, my father had already positioned a cot as close as possible to my mother's hospital bed. He held onto her arm with both hands, also not wanting to let go. He got comfortable, ready to sleep right by her side. The next morning I received the call that at this point was completely expected. My dad told me how mom woke up early in the morning calling out to him. He quickly got up to comfort her and to remind her that he was right there by her side. After spending some time with her, they both fell back asleep, hand in hand. And when my father woke up, my mother was gone. What was my mom like? 49 years ago, my mom and dad were married. They were eager to start a family. They eventually had five children. And despite many challenges along the way, my mother made each of us feel very important, valued, cared for, and loved. We lived modestly, but we were rich in the areas that really mattered. My mother's creativity and sense of adventure kept us captivated and excited. Our imaginations were fueled by her drawings, paintings, sculptures, and her curiosity about life in general. In my mother's eyes, everything was beautiful and exciting. She appreciated the color and smell of every flower. She enjoyed the excitement of every lightning storm. For my mom, even the shapes in the clouds had meaning. As children, my mother's creativity always kept us entertained. She always knew when the next meteor shower was coming. And when we were snuggled up in blankets, right by her side, laying on the porch watching for the shooting stars, there was no place in the world that we'd rather be. My mother was sensitive to every person's feelings. Every person mattered. My mother had a passion for helping people. She had incredible empathy for those in need. Mom, you spent your lifetime teaching us how to be good people how to be kind, how to help people, how to be there for each other. You nurtured us, yet you also taught us how to be strong. Despite the strength that you've given to us, it hurts to not be able to speak to you again, to hug you again, or to kiss you again on the cheek. It's hard to believe that you're no longer here. As a matter of fact, I know that you actually are still here. I know that you'll continue to be with each of us, showing us the beauty in each flower, bringing excitement to our lives with an occasional thunderstorm and showing us shapes in the clouds. I love you, Mom. Almost exactly one year previously, I recorded a brief conversation with my mother, and I'd like to play that for you now. You know, I've always uh, enjoyed you kids, really did. Remember how we used to... Uh, put paper on each person's door and um, 
like notebook paper, and uh, you had to go and write what you liked about them, even when you got when you could write. <laughs> and I said, I thought that was so much fun, and we played. Um, where we hide in the in the house, we'd I tell everybody to hide, and then I'd have a hard time really finding y'all <laughs> in cabinets and here and there closets. And but it was always fun trying to find each other again, mm-hmm. and um, and I enjoy playing with you all. I've I've saved a lot of things, songs you all could sing. But um, I can't find them lately. <laughs> um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed you children so much, um, more much more than keeping the house perfectly clean, <laughs> or um, but I mean for anything and everything you did was so cute, and we used to dance in the in the. I think one morning everybody had on their pajamas. You all did, at least. And um, we turned on some music. And I remember you all dancing. And I remember one time you did me a favor when uh, I was washing dishes and I'd go real fast so I could get do something else with you all. And um, you came around the corner, walking really slow. You were, um, let's see, you were, I don't know, how old were you when you stood right there watching me wash dishes and said, Mom, there's a fire in our bedroom, in Matt's bed. And I, and I grabbed the, real tight, the, the pan that I washed dishes in just in case. And I went walking in there like a zombie, but I was so scared of them. Casey's telling the truth. And sure enough, that fire was nearly to the ceiling. And Matt was sitting there looking at it. It was a coffee warmer he had plugged into the wall that he found somewhere. That, and, um, and he plugged it into the wall and it was on fire. And I said, Matt, come here. And he, now, and he did, and then I threw water all over the thing as soon as he was out. Of, oh, my gosh, we had smoke in there, and and the fire tr- fire trucks came, and it, <laughs> but you just told me quickly, reported it to me. I always wondered about that, because <laughs> you came and told me. <laughs> That's probably better than putting it out yourself. Or, or went over and grabbed my Matthew and y'all getting a fight there. <laughs> but I, I'm just so pleased with everything about you kids. And the more the merrier. I've I enjoyed all of you. It's been a great, a great time, you know, to raise you kids. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Well, maybe not every minute. <laughs> But this is such a nice thing to do, to to look over the past and and not forget any part of it. <laughs> it, it. I was really happy when everybody ate at the table and ate properly. <laughs> but there's always one <laughs> that uh, 
wants to try us a little bit. And I think we had spaghetti one one evening, and somehow David had um, red juice all over his cheeks, and he was eating his dinner, and I said he had to go and leave the table and because we didn't he wasn't being polite and so he picked up his plate and he left and then he came back in for more food and he had it all over his face forehead and nose everything <laughs> and you all would laugh and think it was so <laughs> funny and I would be frowning and crying <laughs> it wasn't very funny to me I wondered how you'd ever learn well, I was, uh, I remember being shocked and Dad and I were going to the grocery store and you children were just going to be home playing. You were grown up, I thought. And as we drove past the field across the street, we saw two big butts kind of show up. What is that thing y'all used to do? Moon people? Moon people. Moon people. <laughs> I said, oh my. Gosh, what are the children? And I said, and they said, Mom, it's our kids. Dad told me, I said, Oh no! And I was crying again. So there've been a few cries, but I said, it couldn't have been our children. <laughs> but long as y'all got to laugh once in a while. But I was always proud going to church, and there was five little, five little people behind us. It was so cute. We took up a whole, the whole pew, the whole thing, I think. I don't know. We've had a lot of happy times, a whole lot of happy things, and um, a lot of friends. So that's important, and um, it's important that you all have friends your whole life. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it's a wonderful thing to... To think your friend is somebody you used to play ball with or play, you know, ask them to come over to your house and, and uh, things like that. But you got a, a lot of people to, to meet and shake hands with. And I'm so proud that you do. And you're all so beautiful. All of <laughs> you gorgeous kids. Mm. I did a lot of thinking because I was sick a lot when mm. I was young. Yeah. And, um, and I started in reading books. I thought it was great to uh, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> I think we actually have two of those books, you know. But um, so I, um, so many things. I think um, being able to. Uh, I used to cook a lot, but do you know when your brain gets older? <laughs> You forget how to cook some of those things. But I tell myself, what's well, the chance for for these younger people to learn things? So, so uh, I kind of see what you all know and taking it a little easy these last yeah. few years. But I always like to meet new people. It's good. There's no one who's not that I can run into that doesn't... Uh, won't do well from a smile. It gives people a lift. And I know it feels good to get that lift from other people. Yeah.
Wouldn't you say so? I definitely agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for sitting down with me and talking about these different things. It it means a lot to me. Well, it means a great deal to me. Thanks again, Mom. And I love you. I love you, Angel. Can I get a hug? Definitely. <laughs> My beautiful mother, now in heaven, can sing, dance, paint, and sculpt again. My mother can finally breathe without restriction. My mother is now agile and pain-free. After 47 years of selflessly caring for five children, nine grandchildren, and one great-grandchild, my mother is now in the warm embrace of her own mother, her father, and her dear brother. Her warm smile will be missed. Her ability to make people feel accepted and loved will never be forgotten. Her clever sense of humor and practical jokes will continue to make us laugh. I love you, Mom, more than words can express. You always believed in me. You gave me the courage to face my fears. You listened without judgment as I shared my thoughts, my challenges, and my concerns. You always made me feel safe and loved. I wish I could find the words to let you know how much you mean to me. I know you'll always be with me. I know that you'll always be by my side, telling me that I am smart, strong, and capable. I will not let a day go by without thinking of you, appreciating you, and loving you. My dad, brothers, and sisters were gracious enough to sit with me and share some of their amazing memories about my mother. I'd like to share those memories with you now. Here's some of my dad's great memories. So I met Glenda at this Charlestown Country Club, and she was really having a good time that night. And she was really in a happy mood and everything. We danced well together. We danced the slow dances and danced the fast dances and everything. And I was thinking to myself, well, this is really ideal because here I am, 25 years old, and this girl is 23, she said. And she's Catholic, and I'm Catholic, you know. Wow, this just sounds uh, too good to be true. You know, all this information here. Uh, your mother was very pretty and everything, pretty blonde hair and everything. At that time, she must have made weight about 130 pounds or something. She was lightweight and everything. You know, really looks excellent in her clothing. We rocked on pretty good there for a good long time, you know, 47 and a half years. That's a long, you know, that's a long time. We were married in 1966. She died in 15. So that might, that was 48 and a half, 48 and a half years. And she had that dog, dog uh, what was that dog's name? It's that little black and white uh, chihuahua. You know, we had that dog for a while. And then, then that dog finally had puppies. You know. Glenda was often asked to be a godmother to different for different families, you know, from our parish and from uh, and from our families too. In fact, actually, uh, Chris is uh, our godchild. We used to go swimming over that Glenda's father's apartment, you know, and we were over there one time, and Glenda introduced me to him and. So this, and we went over there, and I had talked to him about 
about Glenn and I getting married, you know. And, and yeah, so that sounded pretty good to, to him. And then he was, he was going to think about it and everything. So anyway, so uh, he asked to invite me over to the um, Al Parker Buick Company one of those days, and I met all his friends and everything like this, you know. And, and we, uh, I really got along well with them. And we went to many of the, the uh, Al Parker Buick retirement parties and uh, barbecues. And that would be the delicious barbecue that they made. Delicious uh, brisket was really good, you know. And it's real nice. Right. Just had the correct amount of marbling in the meat, and that fat gave it good flavor. And, and those mm. men worked on it all night long. They, it was, <laughs> they, they really enjoyed uh, that get together, you know. Listen as my dad shares how much he used to joke and laugh with my mom. Lucky we were a comic team or something like this, you know. <laughs> I was the straight man, and she was always the joker, you know. Because <laughs> she could always had such fun. It's a ribbon with ribbon me, you know. <laughs> Matt's got some notes here. They got some different things uh, pointing here. She liked flowers. She cooked good food, and she encouraged us to all talk nice. And she encouraged us to plant flowers and vegetables. And she encouraged us to be friendly and uh, make uh, make new friends. She encouraged us to be strong and do things to help our endurance. And she always liked to, to paint rooms. I remember, we, it seemed like we were forever painting at least one room in the house, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and whenever she, we'd have a slow chef session or something like that, oh, I need that door painted. I need that outside door painted. And that's the door on the barrel. We had a pink door. Fifty six forty six. And and we used to have a mimosa tree there in the front uh, front yard. But somehow or another, the tree got sick and it died, you know, so we lost that. But she still wants to maintain that, that door. <laughs> Did you ever find a puppy or a little cat and you tried to bring it home and convince your parents to keep it? Well, listen to this next story. My mom found a horse and brought it home. So she, she saw a man in a yard... He said, I, I, she said, I have a, a, a horse that's loose on the on West Side Mountain. I'm trying to rescue it. And I, could you help me, please? Could you? He said, well, I don't think I have any rope, but I have this. So uh, I have this electric, uh, you know, outdoor cable. Make a bridle for the horse and put that around his neck. And, and uh, she uh, rolled him in the, took him in the backyard, rolled him in the backyard, and. And then uh, when it's time for him to go to sleep, she'd put him in the garage. Vaughn had been going out to the circus. The circus was in town, and he was quite a gardener then, Big Vaughn. And so he would he he wanted the elephant manure. And so so Dad, if I have this horse here and everything, he is just doing the same thing that you have to work so hard and drive so far to get that. 
get that manure. This horse will produce plenty of manure for us. <laughs> you know, so she she thought that would solve the situation where he, he wouldn't have to go for the fertilizer for the yard. Sure. Whatever way that she wanted to do something, you know, and she would always see the good positive things about it, you know. And she will make sure that other people solve the positive parts of it, too. Hi there. Glenda McMillan Burrow here. Uh, I am the eldest of the five children that Mom had. And um, I'm so excited that Adrian decided to um, prompt this this project so that we could kind of memorialize a lot of the great memories that we had. Um, you know, I, I, it's so hard when you begin to think about just a few memories that you might want to share. I mean, they just came flooding in when I was asked to to do this. But I, I guess if you had to con- had had to think about some of her best qualities. I mean, she was blessed with so many gifts, but one that comes to mind is uh, that she was an encourager. She made you feel so important and special, and she had such a warm, welcoming presence about her. <clears throat> she, especially for the for the five of us, our, she made you feel like you were on top of the world, like you you could do anything. She uh, she was a great encourager. So I was speaking to my mom about a situation. I was um, in a job that I didn't particularly like. I was working full-time. Um, I was frustrated, resented the fact that I had to be working full-time. There were some other circumstances in my life that made this a necessity. And I couldn't be with my boys, and that was another um, sore place in my life. Um, And I was just venting to Mom. And she told me, Glenda, as, as a Christian, you have to believe that you are where you're supposed to be at this particular time in your life. For whatever purpose, it's His will. When I began to look at things like that, I began to see things in a whole new light. And it made things a lot more bearable. If I was doing His will and His work for whatever reason, and this was the place He needed me, that's where I was going to flourish. That's where I was going to be happy. The woman was a genius. She always knew exactly what you needed to hear. And always knew how to say it. In just the right way. I have to tell you how special my mom made every one of us feel. There were five kids, and she probably secretly led us each to believe, never spoken, but that we were her favorite. She had a way of just making you feel incredible and it must have been difficult making each of the five children 
finding time for them, making them feel special and important and celebrated. And uh, she she always made sure that um, that we she started this tradition um, because school shopping uh, was kind of hairy, to be honest. If you take all five kids at one time to do school shopping, so she developed this little plan, and um, she would take us on what we called our day, and. Um, well, she would plan out uh, a shopping trip for some um, school shopping and a lunch out. And that was such a big deal to each of us because it was only the two of us. You can imagine how rare those times were. So when it came to our day, like I was explaining, it occasionally she would find a strategic way to, um, I don't want to say manipulate, but a strategic way to persuade us to, um, to do something, you know, to, to get some chores done. So one time, one year she said, uh, okay, whoever cleans their room first and gets it finished, uh, their day will come up first because, you know, we had to have an order. It had to be like once a week uh, and each of us would go, I don't know, uh, one week and then the next week it would be somebody else's day during the course of the week. So I remember, I believe it was Adrian, he went to his room really quick and shoved everything in the closet and slammed the door and uh, said, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. So it just gives you an idea how excited we were just to have that one-on-one time with with her. It was really special, and um, we look forward to it all year long, to be honest. I have to tell you, my mom always made our birthdays really special. I think they uh, must have been very special to her growing up, and she always made us feel like that was a big deal. And, um, we always had a cake, a homemade cake, uh, nothing better than a homemade cake. And, uh, she would wrap up a few gifts. They typically weren't, uh, very expensive and usually tried to get a couple of different small things and everything was wrapped. So there was more excitement. Um, and, um, we all got together. I mean, it was a party when all all seven of us were together because it was such a big group, big family. Um, which makes me curious about the way that she passed. Um, she passed one day after her birthday. She um, was 78. And... Um, we knew the time was drawing near, and uh, so she celebrated her birthday in the hospital. So we made sure we all got together, and uh, we couldn't have cake. Her diabetes was a little out of control, but we arranged to have some diet ice cream, and of course we couldn't have candles in the hospital, so we had a battery-operated candle, and we had banners and balloons and we made it special. We all gathered. Adrian came in from California. Um, 
sadly, my sister and her family couldn't make it, but the rest of us uh, got together and made it feel special. And it was important to do that. Um, she'd always made us feel so special on our birthdays, and we kept hyping it up, telling her. As her memory was fading, you know, it, it was important to re, to remind her again and again um, that her birthday was coming up and we were going to be celebrating. And I really believe that she held on for that, for, for that day. Uh, and that the excitement and the, the enthusiasm we showed um, about, about her big birthday coming up uh, helped her to hang on a little, a little longer. In any event, um, we we had a great celebration, and uh, she passed the next morning. Glenda, thank you for opening up and sharing your memories about Mom. Now let's listen as my sister Katie shares some of her great memories. The way she made me feel is the biggest memory I have of her because she always put us all first all of us kids were her first priority and she spent like so much time working and worrying to keep us all on the right path and make sure we went to church and made sure we were the kind of people that that knew how to make other people feel comfortable taught us so much about you know interacting with other people and helping other people and um she always made me feel so loved. Um, in fact, I used to tell her, you're going to spoil me with too much love because I'll never find a husband that will love me as much as you do, I would tell her. Because <laughs> mm. she always made me feel so special. Yeah. And um, even though we didn't have much money growing up, I never felt like we were lacking in any way because she always taught us to value other things like class and self-respect and being kind to other people and and those qualities come from within and you can't buy those things so she always stressed the importance of you know being kind to other people and you know treating other people the way you want to be treated respecting yourself and and so I never felt like even though we didn't have money that we were less than anybody else because I felt like we had class and self-respect and the proper tools to to function in life socially and and to be, you know, good people. That's what I think she taught us the most. One of the lessons that she always stressed was to te- treat other people with kindness and that you never know what they're going through. You know, they could be, they could seem like they have no cares in the world, but really you never know. You never know what they're actually going through. And to treat everyone equally from like a homeless person to someone that's the top of a company, you know, to treat them equally. Sometimes I think she would even treat the homeless people more special than someone who was actually, you know, successful or had a lot going on in their life. So I think she saw the value in every person. Remember how like um, during the holidays she would, she would find families that needed toys or food and we would go take things to their house and you know we weren't having a great you know 
a luxurious Christmas, uh, you know, but she could find people that needed it more, and she could figure out ways to help everyone else, you know. And she also taught us how laughter can heal so much, you know, that she's always really good at telling stories and really, really funny. Yeah, she did love telling stories. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I would wonder where they were going. uh, Oh, I know. Yeah, and she would. She would connect with people. Like, she would find a way uh, to connect with everybody. Like, (laughs) and she would have a story that could connect with something they were going through, too. She would always find a connection. And so, you know, she she would make friends in the grocery store, and we'd be, like, you know, trying to get in and out of there in, like, 20 minutes, and We'd be like, she made another friend. We got to, we're just standing around for an hour because she made a friend and had to talk and have, you know, just can make a friend anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing she taught me, like the social skills. Cause like she would say, like, find a person that, uh, that feels uncomfortable or you can tell they're, they're shy or something and draw, draw them out, ask questions to draw them out and make them feel comfortable. And by doing that, you also feel more comfortable because you're taking the attention off yourself. And she had all kinds of, you know, tricks like that <laughs> to to draw people out and to get them to loosen up. And and as a grown-up, you think, like, those, those social skills, like, are basic knowledge. Everybody knows those things. But then you encounter people that that obviously don't know those basic social skills, and then you realize that she actually had a really valuable skill to to be able to talk to people of any kind and make them feel comfortable all the time and to draw draw people out like she did. Yeah, she did really try to make sure we all felt individually special and that we all knew our talents and, you know, what we had to offer the world. Remember when we were little? I don't know if you remember, but she wrapped up toilet paper for all the teachers and she gave them as gifts and she made up a song and she sang that song and presented them with the toilet paper but it was like to the tune of Jingle Bells do you remember that it was like something (laughs) and uh that's what she presented them with and it was a hilarious song she sang and presented them with this roll of toilet paper that was wow it was so hilarious you remember that I kind of do now that you mention it. So it, it was, was something like uh, dashing through the aisles with the one with the rolling shopping cart or something, but it was like supposed to be dashing through the snow. Um, it was that same tune, but she sang the song <laughs> with present our teachers separately with with that funny gift. It was so funny. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. She I just put so much thought into things like that. <laughs> you know, so creative, and um, she just was always there for us, you know, always, like, you could tell that was her main goal, is to get us grown and into decent people, that was her main goal, <laughs> try to make right. sure that we were, that we were successful socially and kind, and I think that's really, that's all her main goal was in life, to get us to to be kind to others and to be good people. The other day I was t- 
telling Ashton, the lady that helps him out get out of the car every day whenever we drop him off at school, she's always, like, saying something like, have a good day and, you know, something nice. And I was telling him, you look her in the eye. You respond back to her. You know, she's being nice and pleasant every morning. And uh, she has to do this job and treat, you know, all these kids. She didn't have to be nice to you. She said, you need to be nice, be nice back. So it's funny how all that she taught us actually just cycles through the, to the next generation and on and on. <laughs> and here's some advice that Katie has for people that might be losing their mother soon. Well, I would just say the treasure that all the time that you do have and uh, whenever you are together, just make it pleasant memories. Try not to rehash old issues if they don't need rehashing, but try to resolve anything that you feel you have to, you know, if you and if you need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness and, you know, just just do what you need to do. But there's no sense in rehashing things that don't need to be brought up, I think, you know, if it's, it, but just uh, enjoy the time you have together. And I also think whenever you lose someone, it makes you realize that life is short. It makes you live your life more fully. Because I've noticed, um, you know, you just feel like you have to make an effort to make your life special, you know, to realize that, you know, life is short and uh, go out there and do what you want to do. We're not here forever, so it makes you kind of take it all into the big picture, see the big picture of things. You know, sometimes people are taken so quickly. Sometimes things are accidents, and <clears throat> you really don't know. You have to, you have to just try to be as pleasant to everyone as you can. Thanks, Katie, for sharing these great memories and funny stories about Mom. And now let's listen as my brother David shares some of his memories. Yeah, she was just always talking talking us up and telling us, you know, what uh, we're capable of and, and uh, what we were going to be and how amazing we would be, you know, as we got older. And uh, she just really made us feel confident about the future. She just, uh, she's an amazing woman. Really miss her. She, you know, any situation, she she made light of it. If it was a strenuous or a stressful situation, she always would uh, come up with something to just ease our minds and and just uh, let us know that everything was going to be okay. She She would always put a smile on someone's face. Anyone she encountered, she she tried to cheer them up or uh, get a reaction out of them, I believe. <laughs> then we, we grew up real thrifty, you know, so she did, like, teach us about uh, finances and saving money and establishing credit, that and, and just personal uh, qualities, you know, to be humble and even say that, you know, I know he had told Matt and I before to, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of stuck with me. Maybe that's why I never say much. 
Listen now as my brother shares how my mother taught us to treat everyone with dignity and respect. Seeing the way she was with people and always making people feel comfortable and like they were equal and not beneath us. You know, anytime we did see someone in need, you know, to kind of reach out and at least give them some words of encouragement, if, if nothing else, you know. Now David offers his advice for people that might be losing their mothers soon. I would just, you know, spend as much time as you can with them and uh, really learn all you can about their childhood and uh, just enjoy every moment that uh, you you can with them. And, you know, I was lucky enough to spend quite a bit of time with mom uh, while she was in the hospital and uh, in the rehabilitation center. And I really valued that, that time that I did get to spend with her. Don't take uh, one second for granted, you know, that you have an opportunity just to spend with your loved ones while they're still here with us. You know, we, we did get to spend some good quality time with her before she went. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so I am uh, very grateful that we did get to uh, kind of see her, see her out. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're so lucky to have all grown up together with such a wonderful mother, and I just I feel blessed. I know, uh, you know, she said many prayers to to look after us and our children, and you know, she cherished each and every one of us so much, and and took great care of us. And now, here's Chris, my brother-in-law, with some great memories and some really funny stories about Mom. Hi, this is Chris McDonough. I wanted to tell you a little bit about Glenda McMillan from my observation of being in the family for over 24 years. First thing I noticed day one I met her when I got invited to dinner when I was dating her daughter, Katie, was how I felt like I was treated like a king. She has, come from, she has a big family. It was a smaller house, but I got the best seat in the house. I got the food first. I was served a silverware first. She made sure her children got me a drink refilled first. I noticed that, wow, this is like being a king. So I, start, I started to notice over the years how, how much respect and attention she focused on that with her children to being respectful, kind, giving people to anybody of any walk of life. I think that's a gift that she gave, she gave to all of her children. You can see that in all of them, how they're polite and kind to everybody. No matter who or what they were, they never judge people by how they look or anything of that nature. So she gave them that character that they all have now, which I think is a gift. And I really do uh, love what she did for her children. Now having four grandchildren from her, and that, and she instilled some of that into my children because they all got very close to her over the years and love her. We are blessed to have had her in her family and to this day. Me, my kids, and I, and Katie, we still tell stories about her all the time. She was a foundation that was laid beyond her children and helped pass that along to her children's children. Hopefully, we can continue that with our, help that with our children's children. So to me, she was an angel on earth and one of the best people I've ever met. And she impacted me and my family in such a great way. We will always love her and always have the utmost respect for her. One good memory that I have of Grandma, 
Actually, the memory is how she affects everybody in her family, including her children. Um, we went to the local ice cream parlor in Friendswood, Texas, where we used to live. And Christian was about two, two and a half years old. It's a cold day. It's winter. We walk in. It's very crowded for some reason. And uh, he walks in with us. He looks at Katie and I and says, holy shit, it's cold out there. Usually a very quiet and polite child. We looked at him and said, Christian Luke, where'd you learn that from? He looked at us and said very loudly, Grandma. <laughs> okay, here's one more story on Grandma that I just have to tell you about. As we talked about earlier, Christian Luke was really impacted by Grandma. He loved her so much, he listened to everything she said, he just loved to hang out with her. So one day when he's a, a young boy, very young, we're over at the house, it's just Grandma and I and him sitting in our big living room. He's on the couch, she's on the chair, I'm on the other side, and Katie and the kids are in the kitchen. He looks at Grandma, he goes, hey Grandma, you ever seen one of these? And then he pulled his shorts back and exposed himself to Grandma. I, shocked for a second, didn't have anything to say. Grandma, was sitting pretty close to him, tapped him on the knee and said, that's nice, dear, now just put it back. He put it back quietly, and we went on our day and acted like nothing happened. Later that day, I laughed my butt off, and to this day, that story is circulated throughout my family as one of the funniest ones ever. My mother was not only caring and loving, she also had a great sense of humor. I remember my mom telling me that her doctor would rush through each office visit, giving her very little attention and barely making eye contact. One time, near Halloween, my mom decided to play a joke on her doctor. She took an ugly, hideous monster mask to her doctor appointment. While the doctor was looking at his notes, my mom put the mask on. After a while, the doctor finally glanced in her direction. He screamed and dropped the clipboard. <laughs> my mom had an amazing sense of humor. I remember when I was young, sometimes if it was a hot day, my mom would take all of us kids to play in the city water fountains in downtown Houston. These were water features that were designed as forms of art. I don't even know if it was legal to go into these water fountains. Some of these water features were like a maze, definitely not built like a children's playset. And we never saw anybody else playing in these water fountains, just us kids climbing through these great majestic walls of water we thought it was so much fun it was such a great adventure I remember one time when I was visiting home from college I decided to go for a jog I ran down to a nearby park in Galveston Bay I jogged around the park and then I saw my mom drive up she was on her way back from the grocery store we hung out at the park for a little while and talked and then she started to drive us back to the house Feeling the need for a little more exercise, I asked her to let me out so I could jog back home. When she slowed down to let me out, some people nearby looked over. Noticing that we caught their attention, my mom said, Hey, let's pretend we're in a fight. Awesome, Mom. So my mom yells, Get out! And I jumped out of the car and slammed the door. My mom then proceeded to peel out... It was the first and only time I ever saw my mom pill out in her car. The people nearby just pretended that they didn't see our fight. But it was awkward. They obviously noticed. It was really funny. My mom was so much fun. 
Mom was always incredibly proud of anything I accomplished. In a notebook, she kept a list of the real estate that I acquired. When I told her that I bought a new property, she couldn't wait to find her notebook so she could write it down. With every promotion at work, she would practically scream with excitement and happiness for me. And then she would tell me that she's actually not surprised. She would always tell me that I could accomplish anything that I put my mind to. It actually didn't matter how big or small the accomplishment. My mom's love and appreciation was always genuine and abundant. Singing for Mom. About ten years ago, my mom and dad were addicted to American Idol. I remember talking to my dad when there were three contestants left. When I asked my dad who he was going to vote for, he gave me two names. He didn't know who he liked best. He just knew which one he wanted to eliminate from the competition. <laughs> well, for my birthday that year, my parents sent me thirty-five dollars. My mom told me, "You can do whatever you want with that money, but I think you should take some singing lessons." I think you would do a great job in American Idol. It didn't faze my mom that most of the contestants were about half my age and probably singing since they were about seven years old. My mom's belief in me was amazing. Well, I got busy with other things and put off the idea of singing lessons. Then one day I got a phone call. My uncle found my mother unconscious on the bathroom floor. She fell and hit her head. She was rushed to the hospital, treated, and made a full recovery. However, I thought that was the end. At that point, I decided I was going to get those singing lessons, and I was going to sing for my mom. My sweet mom didn't realize that thirty-five dollars would barely get me a half hour of singing lessons, but that's okay. Over a year later, and well over a thousand dollars in lessons, I told my mother I had a surprise for her. I told her that I used that birthday gift to get those singing lessons. I informed her about a part that I had in a small concert, and I wanted her to come see me perform. I flew her out to Los Angeles. This was the first flight my mother took in about 15 years. She was very nervous to fly, but she told me that her excitement to see me perform outweighed her anxiety about flying. During the concert, I nervously took the stage. I sang a song for my mother. My singing lessons helped me hit most of the notes, but certainly not all. However, that didn't matter to my mother. I poured my heart out during that performance. It not only brought tears to my mother's eyes, but many other mothers in the audience as well. I thank God that my mother made it through that fall onto the bathroom floor, and I thank God that I had the chance to do something so exciting for my mother. While looking for inspirational books about moms, I discovered Jack Canfield's Chicken Soup for the Soul book, subtitled "Thanks, Mom." It's available in paperback and audiobook. This book contains 32 great stories about moms. The foreword is by Joan London, who has a remarkable story about the amazing person that her mother was, and how she was inspired to raise seven children of her own. And the book ends with a great story about a mother and her son, and their shared love of salsa dancing. Salsa dancing, in case you didn't know, is a hobby that I'm extremely passionate about. Again, the book is titled "Chicken Soup for the Soul." Thanks, Mom.
You can find a link to this book on the resources page of my website, thelifeideserve.com. Best and Wisest Mom Mom, I wish I had words to tell how much you mean to me. I'm the person I am today because you let me be. Your unconditional love made me happy, strong, secure. Your teaching and examples made me confident and mature. In all the world, there is no mother better than my own. You're the best and wisest person, Mom, I have ever known. A poem by Joanna Fuchs. It's trivia time. During my last show, I asked the following trivia question. Jack Canfield holds the Guinness Book of World Records for having seven books simultaneously on the New York Times bestseller list. However, it took determination to get there. In 1993, Jack Canfield, with Mark Victor Hansen, approached publishers with the very first Chicken Soup for the Soul book. How many no's did Jack and Mark get before a publisher finally said, yes, I'll publish your book. And the winning answer was submitted by Andre Alexandrov, who correctly guessed 144. Congrats, Andre. Today's trivia question. The highest number of pregnancies ever recorded occurred in the 1700s, specifically between 1725 and 1765. Today's trivia question what was this highest number of pregnancies ever recorded that I'm referring to? Send your answer from the website, thelifeideserve.com. From my website, you can leave voicemail or email. Just click on the contact tab. Again, today's trivia question. What was the highest number of pregnancies ever recorded? Well, that's going to do it for today's show. My mission is to inspire and empower those that I encounter to live full and meaningful lives by sharing lessons learned, tools for self-improvement, and life-changing perspectives. Subscribe to the podcast so we can take this journey together. And if you still have your mother, I encourage you, contact her now. Let her know how much you love her. Let her know how much you appreciate her. And if you no longer have your mother, cherish the memories and share this podcast to encourage other people to appreciate their mothers. I'd like to leave you with a final quote. My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all of my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. George Washington Thanks for listening. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to live a passionate, fulfilling life. Subscribe to the podcast so we can take this journey together. A journey of sharing, learning, and growing. A journey to the life you deserve. Thanks again for listening to The Life I Deserve. This podcast was designed for you, designed to enhance your health, grow your wealth, and to fill your life with happiness. Visit thelifeideserve.com and send me voicemail or email. Let me know something about you. What inspires you? What advice do you have? How can I help you? 
Do you have a suggestion for the show? Let me know. And if you just happen to love the show, please post a review on iTunes. Thanks again. Love you all. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.